Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again. Believe in a power greater than what you are going through when you don't know what to do. That's right. When you don't know what to do, you just got to keep on breathing. From the City of Angels in Los Angeles and the Big Apple in New York City. Welcome to all my listeners out there in Radio Land. I am Dave the Caregiver's Caregiver at caregiverdave.com, along with my lovely co-host Adrian Gruberg at the Caregiver Space. And we're Hi. coming to you live. Hi, Adrian. <laughs> and we're coming to you live and on demand 24-7 on 21 global audio and video platforms more if you include uh, Instagram and Twitter, that would oh make my. 23. Wow. And <laughs> I, I want you to say it in one breath. iHeartRadio, <laughs> iTunes, YouTube, Spreaker, Podcast, <laughs> uh, SoundCloud, HealthyLife.net, Vimeo, Stitcher, Blog, Talk, Radio, Mixcloud, Mixclouds, li- Listen Notes, Blue. Blueberry, Player FM, Podcast.com, VIP Internet Radio, TuneIn.com, Facebook Live, Owl's Tale, You Book, CastBox, and of course, CaregiverDave.com. I think I cheated on that very last one. And we're proud to be voted number one caregiver podcast in the top 50 on Player (laughs) FM. And one of the top six best podcasts by Caring.com, as well as number three podcast out of thousands of caregiver podcasts on Feedspot. And I don't even know what Feedspot is, but they must be important. Uh, we have an exciting show planned for today, don't we, Adrian? Yep. Well, it took you long enough to say so. Were you thinking well, about it? I said yep right away. <laughs> oh, you, you must have cut out. You know, the Internet's like that. Okay, yeah. And uh, how's it's that? jammed up right now. How's my picture? Am I, like, freezing periodically? No, you're and, fine. Everybody's using the internet these days, and so you just don't know what to expect, you know? Kind of like yeah. Trump. You, do, you never know what's going to come out of his mouth next. We never know what the internet's going to do next. <laughs> it's uh, just an exciting. You don't want to start ex- with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's an exciting time that we're living in. It is. This is an exciting time. And everybody's yep. talking about, let's get back to work. No, we can't get back to work. Yes, we can get back to work. No, people will die. No, people will die if we don't. And it seems to be going, like everything else in this world, right down political lines. You know, the conservatives want to get back to work, and the liberals are saying, no, we have to be careful. Is that about it, Adrian? Did I sum that up pretty accurately? I'd say you summed it up accurately. I think there are some conservatives who are conservative about going yeah, back to work. They want to be careful, too. There's well, it's not few. just a few. I'm in the middle of New York City, so there aren't well, very yeah, that's many. Different. You know, you're, you're in, like, the jungle, you know. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm in the hot zone, you know. Yeah, I well, went out you know, the first time what do you in expect? You got... You got people jammed into your subways. I mean, you can't go anywhere in New York. No, uh, they're, not, they're not. They haven't been jammed. That's the whole thing. They will be if there's a back to work. Uh, what do you mean they haven't been jammed? I don't jammed see that happening before this. Right. 
Huh? Well, the subways are always jammed. I mean, during rush hour, at least. Yes, but not they? not when not everybody's going to work. Are they still running right now or no? Yes, they are. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought everything was like shut down. No, because people still have to get essential workers still essential have to workers. get to work. Well, that makes sense. So buses. So and I guess like the freeways out here that are like dead. Uh, right. Wonderful, no traffic. I guess the subways <laughs> also are, you know, few and far between, except for the hoodlums and the people who uh, who mug you and stuff like that. <laughs> well, if they mug, like the first time I went out in 36 days out at all um, was on days. Sunday night <clears throat> when at two o'clock in the morning Eddie said, "I'm not tired. I can't sleep." Let's go for a walk around the block. Really? <laughs> That's what we did at 2 o'clock in the morning. He said that, And huh? there was nobody on the street. We didn't have anything but our keys with us. So what were they going to mug us for? None <laughs> of the stores are open. You can't buy anything. Can't get any pizza? The pizza at 2 o'clock in the morning, the pizzeria was closed. But, oh, but normally uh, they're open. Yeah. Yeah, because people yeah, you gotta have pizza. call in. But a lot of the smaller <laughs> restaurants that they're asking us to, um, you know, call in and have, and have them deliver uh, yeah. or so we could pick it up, they're, they're closed in my neighborhood. There are so many little restaurants in New York and Manhattan yep. and Brooklyn, and I just fear how many of them are not going to open up again. You know, I know. They're just hanging on by their by their fingernails, yep. and it's so sad. And, well, speaking of which, the nails New York's known for, for, you know. Yeah, mm -hmm. my own granddaughter. Uh, her salon is in question whether you can go back. Yeah, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Yeah, it is. Well, let's talk about our topic for today. Five tips for new caregivers, because like I was saying before the show, you know, what did they say? They said that about a third of the population have been caregivers. But I think, I mean, they don't even know how many caregivers are out there, because there's kids it's out there more, from 8 to it's 16. It's more than what they say. Yeah, from 8 to 18, even before all of this, they were caring for grandma, not going to school, because there's no one else right. to do it while mom and dad go to work. So those people aren't counting. It's estimated there's like 8 million, 8 million of those, about 33 million of, um, no, more than, uh, if the population is 350 times a third, it's over it's, 100 it's, million. You know, so maybe during the pandemic, there could be as many as 200 million caregivers. Well, the, it's possible, but I mean, there are there are forty. What is it? Forty five point seven is the official number, and I'm so sure that's too low. So low, yeah. That's way what too percentage low. is that? That's forty seven divided by three fifty. That's like eight percent. There's no way. No way. No, no way. No way. No way. It's kind of like the the numbers we're getting from the CDC. You know, of who. Who died? We don't know if that's accurate because we don't know what they really died of. Uh, the people who are infected, we don't know if that's accurate. We don't. Yeah, my now brother, I just heard thing in LA County, and I know I'm, we're off the t subject here, but we'll try not to get, be political. In LA County, 40% of all the deaths here in LA County are coming mm -hmm. from nursing homes. Now, right. I'm not a smart person, but 
if I was in charge, I would be concentrating <laughs> on where all the people are dying instead of, you know, closing up things that that uh, you can distance, you know. I mean, every other uh, treadmill can be empty at the gym, you know, everyone wears masks and everyone takes their temperature coming in and sanitize. I mean, there's ways to mitigate this. But if 40% of people are dying in nursing homes, that's where the problem is. That's where the hot spot that's in LA County is. That's not where the problem is. That's well, where the, the problem spots. has settled. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's Some of a, these are lagging prominent. indicators, you know, just because something's going up right now could be because of things that happened two weeks ago, you know, and not necessarily yes, really happening exactly. right now. We don't even know how good things are because we got to wait two weeks to see how good things are. And everything is two weeks. I just act like I'm infected, so I don't hug my wife. I don't kiss her. You know, we keep our distance. We don't drink out of the same. All the things that we used to do, you know, exchange bottles <laughs> and stuff like that. Because, you know, I just don't want to take any chances. But it's possible have you been I'm infected. I have to go to the station every day, yeah. So I'm exposed. Oh, every day. Okay. Uh, I'm exposed to, you know, whatever is at the gas station, but we sanitize really. We have some really germaphobes working there, so they're doing a great job. <laughs> what know, do you do when you get home? Uh, I know I should, like, strip down at the door and jump in the shower, but I don't. Um, yeah, Eddie strips down at the door. He go only goes out every now and then. We have somebody doing our shopping for us. There's a service called Instacart. And, yeah, we, uh, we use Instacart for Smart and Final. Yeah, they so, just made a delivery so, yesterday. They were really bad for a while, you know, saying, oh, we can't get to you in a week, but they're much better today now. Oh, no, I've, I've finally was able to get a reservation on Fresh Direct, which is a mm. delivery service here, uh, for the 29th. Yeah, <laughs> the 29th. Yeah, that's how, smart, that's how Instacart was about two weeks ago. So, but so. you guys are worse than we are. Anyway, um, so I, I I like to coordinate with the blogs we uh, run on our website and on Facebook, and so that we did a blog called uh, Five Tips for New Caregivers. And you know, when when a person takes a decision of becoming a caregiver for a loved one. Uh, they're not very well prepared for the role, just like I wasn't, and perhaps you weren't. Well, well, the the thing is, they didn't necessarily choose to become a caregiver. It's sort yeah. of thrust upon them. <laughs> yeah, like like birth. We didn't choose to be born to our parents. We didn't choose <laughs> our parents, and we certainly didn't choose right. to be a caregiver. <laughs> And we didn't choose to be born in New York like I was, but I was, you know, <laughs> in Brooklyn of all places, which it was a nice neighborhood. Good place you know, to be born. Park. Yeah. There are nice places in Burbank, and there are places that are not as nice, you know. Bay Ridge is nice. I mean, it's so nice the mafia puts all their mothers there, so, you know, that's a nice place. <laughs> oh, don't get me started. Anyway, um... Uh, apart from empathy and hard work, you know, organization skills are, are very important to succeed as a caregiver. And I'm not, according to my wife, I'm not the most organized person in the world. I think I am. But all you got to do is take a snapshot any day at random. You just pick the day of my workstation, and I'm ashamed. Oh, God. Just take, randomly take a shot of inside my car, and I'm ashamed because it's like, oh, my God. I guess I'm not organized. Inside your car? My workspace. 
Yeah, I'm driving in a trash can, you know. <sighs> there, what I said What do you it. drive? Well, now I drive this little red uh, change-of-life, uh, midlife crisis, red convertible sports car. But and I'm not it's going a mess? To... Well, there's not much room to put your stuff. I mean, I barely well... have room. It's just a two-seater, <laughs> and it's tiny. i got to get down way low. And my my calves have gotten so strong since I've gotten the car, just getting out of the car, because <laughs> it's like doing squats. <laughs> but I love I driving with the top down. Even when it's cold and cloudy, I turn on the heater, because, you know, I want to get my vitamin D. <laughs> I think you can get that on, with clouds, too, I was told. Anyway... Um, so empathy and uh, all, you know, I'm not the most empathetic guy in the world. There are people who are more sympathetic, empathetic, diabetic than me. Uh, but, you know, I got the job and so I'm learning to be sympathetic and empathetic and to feel the other person's pain. You know, my natural tendency is, come on, you could do it, get over it. Uh, and that's not very healthy as a caregiver, so... You know, I, I no, not, not I've been doing it for 23 years, so I, 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 it's working. I mean, I'm, I must be getting better. I must be improving because the first two years was hell. I was lucky. I was just a natural. Yeah, some people are naturals. Uh, some people are just natural-born servants. You know, those are the no, people. No, I'm not. A, no. Well, no, I'm talking. I'm not necessarily talking about you. I'm just talking about some people are natural-born servants. I heard on the news this nurse who who quit nursing a couple of years ago because she got burned out, and she I think it was a couple of years ago. It might have been a couple of months ago, and she uh, was pursuing a career in dancing and singing. It was probably longer than two months ago. It was uh, maybe six months ago, maybe a year. I can't remember. And so she was doing pretty good. And all of a sudden, she decided to go back into nursing temporarily to, uh, you know, maybe she was called in, maybe she was asked. But see, you know, obviously there's a person who has a lot of empathy and sympathy, and and maybe she just needed a break. But she went maybe right she into the money. fire. Maybe she uh, needed money. Yeah, maybe. But that's, that's, uh, shouldn't you know, we give her the benefit of the doubt for the noble motives instead of the selfish motives? <laughs> well, it's like the fireman. He can't help rushing into a burning building, right, when everyone else is rushing out of it. True. Yeah. There well, are so many people here who have volunteered. It is really amazing. The yeah, number thank God of people. For the volunteers. These are the save oh. the planet, save the world, save the spotted owl people. They will sacrifice their lives to, to, you know, make the earth a better place and, and the global warming people and, and the uh, conservationists and all of that. If the world didn't have these people, um, then, uh, you know, we would be a less empathetic, less sympathetic world. Now, by the same token, thank God for the accountants and the engineers and the people who just see the numbers. Uh, <laughs> Because we wouldn't have uh, much of an economy if it wasn't for them. But if they ran in the world, you know, it would be a very cold and, and dark Cut and, and dried, uh, structured yeah. black and white place. So we need both people. So why are we at each other's throats, you know? Why can't 
can't like Rodney King. Why said can't we all way, get along? Can't we just all get along? You know, because <laughs> we need each other. You know, the liberals need the conservatives, and the Democrats need the Republicans, and and just so polarizing. And, and the Republicans need the Democrats. Yeah. Both ways. And during 9-11, everybody acted so nice for like, how long did it last? A month? Two months? I can't remember. But it, was, it wasn't it was more long. than that. Well, I mean, New York is different. They're nice so. to each other. New Yorkers started being nicer to each other. And then, um, you know, kind of stopped. And you would think, I would hope that this pandemic would make people nice to each other again and remember, hey, we're all Americans. Hey, we're all in this together. Hey, we we got to put a man on the moon. We can conquer this. And, and uh, you know, but instead they're using it as opportunities to attack each other, to uh, politicize it, both sides, you know. And I just think it's sad. So there I said it. Anyway, I don't know why I keep getting distracted from <laughs> new caregivers. Yeah, well, empathy. Well, because they're new because of the pandemic, you know. So it's it's kind of yeah. So we can't avoid the pandemic. So all you guys out there listening live and later, get a notepad and start writing all the tasks that you need to do daily as a caregiver. Okay, and you and you probably don't even know what some of those tasks are. If if, but you'll start getting. How long did it take you to make a list, Adrian, when you first became a caregiver? Like. Doesn't just happen. I didn't need a list. No, I didn't need. Why didn't you need a list? Why didn't I need a list? Yeah, because you're so smart. (laughs) Like I said, I was a natural. Um, Oh, a lot of people aren't naturals. I I just knew what to do. Um, You had a list, but it was in your mind, is what you're saying. In my in my head, I guess. Wow, um, so you're not I a list taker, have... huh? You don't have to-do lists even as you get older and and the memory fades a little? Are you kidding? I live on <laughs> lists. <laughs> when did that start? Without a list, I'm nothing. Oh. Um, no, I... The lists became more important certainly towards the end of Steve's life uh, when... The medication time, he be, he became very paranoid. So mm. I had to do medication checklists yeah. so that he could check it off so that he knew that he was in control when he wasn't in control at all because on that yeah. list there might be 18 checks next to the pill saying that, oh, yes, I did take this one. <laughs> right. I mean, that was that was one of the... The things at first that I couldn't let go of that that was his was that yeah. list of medications and 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 the way he was so compulsive about it. But I had to manage his and his mother's, so eventually I did need a list. Um, but I made charts. I mean, I'm a designer, so I made charts, and uh, that made it both palatable to me because I designed the charts mm-hmm. and I could no I, I could organize them um, strategically but the yeah. rest of it was just seat of the pants knowing what to do I mean to this day 
I don't know how many times I've said this. Um, I can I can be online at Trader Joe's checking out, and right before you check out, there's that little counter of things that that because it splits into two lines. So yeah. there's this little counter of things that you might want at the last minute. <laughs> you know the the impulse sales, oh. and uh, I'll see the chocolate chip cookies, and it's like, oh, I forgot the cookies. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because Steve and Sylvia I should use both. that in my gas station convenience store. That should work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, what should be at the top of everybody's list? Um, get a list of medications, probably right. Write well, down because you're, you're uh, doing this. Well, for th they say that. One of the first things that you should do, especially when somebody is still, you know, lucid, not knowing whether or not you're taking care of somebody that's that's got Alzheimer's right. or, you know, Cognitive, early onset uh, Alzheimer's or something else, but they say to get all of the insurance documents, power of attorney. Yeah, um, good point. You know, the account um, numbers, the phone numbers, the addresses, where the exactly. bank accounts are, where the mortgages, exactly. the insurance companies, the funeral arrangements, if there are any, and so if on. If there are any, right. Yeah. And it's uh, those kinds of things, of course, are better to do when you're not sick or the person yeah. hasn't become sick. Uh, yeah, so but very few people are really willing to confront yeah. their own mortality right. and deal with end-of-life issues. So, But those are some of the first things that you're supposed to take care of because yeah, they'd rather, you need they'd to rather know. put their loved ones through hell uh, after they're yeah. gone, trying to figure it all out. Or once they're in the hospital, like is there a DNR? Uh, yeah. you know, what measures do they want taken? And a living will. You know, when when do you Absolutely. want your ventilator turned off or unplugged? Or when do you want uh, the paddles? When do you want uh, even CPR? You know, what, do you want a ventilator the, tube put down your throat? Uh, very you know. important. Yeah, it's so get all very important. Um, and I then mean, the will, it, the last will, I think, is important. Also, uh, who gets your stuff? You know, to make sure that somebody a has a will, and if they yeah. have the will, where is it? You know, yeah, and who's the you executive? Need to have you know, access to these things. And if you have so, safe or safe deposit box, where's the key? Where's the combination to the safe, and so on? Exactly. I had that problem. So, <laughs> so that that should be at the top of your list. Well, then, it, it. I thought I had it. What? See, uh, with, we almost needed a forensic accountant. Because yeah, at the last minute before Steve died, he changed his password on his computer, which had everything on it, and I kept being told, it's all on the computer. Mm. So <laughs> I couldn't get into the computer. So, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Your computer password, for gosh sake. All the list and of them. And there's so many passwords. I had no idea how many passwords there were until, you know, I, I've been known to forget passwords lately. I never used to, but oh, so I God. decided I'm going to write them all down in one place because, you know, I may have a brain fart when I need a password. And my God, mm -hmm. I got 30 different passwords. 
And I know there's there's things out there, there's companies out there that will say, well, give us all of your passwords, and then you'll just have to remember one. I don't know. I don't trust them. I don't trust giving anybody, even if they're a reputable company or insured by Lloyds of London and all that stuff, just <laughs> hand over your passwords? Really? That just doesn't seem smart to me. I don't know. All of them? No. Anyway, no. Uh, so you want to <laughs> But I mean, that, yes, I would think that is important. Yeah. And check them out. Yeah, well, obviously. Yeah. So you got to be organized. You got to have time manage- management skills. My daughter, when it first happened to me, you know, I, I'm not the guy to do that. So she came in and very organized, got a whiteboard and, and made, you know, whoops, <laughs> I dropped the big heavy book that I was referring to, just in case you were wondering what that noise was. And so she <laughs> she helped get people coming in staggered at different times to help out so I can go to work or I can go okay. home and take a shower and uh, you know, stuff like that. And so um, time management skills are very, very important. And then uh, learning about the health of your loved one, like we discovered, uh, like we discussed, I mean, you just have to um, find out doctor's names and find out when uh, appointments have been made already. And, and so now you're in charge of the pills, who dispenses them, who gives them out, you know, can is, is your loved one capable of doing it themselves? I bought my mother this round dispenser that does an alarm when it's time to take a pill at, at morning and at night. And that worked until her dementia made her think that it right. was a telephone ringing. And so mm-hmm. she would just answer the phone. Hello, hello, there's something wrong with my phone. And she wouldn't take her pill. <laughs> oh. So there's different stages. And, and you've got to constantly ask the right questions every day if you're loved one is a dementia patient because they could be declining so quickly day by right. day. You know, it's like this pandemic. So many things change. I, I, I try to watch the news every day because you just don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or what of, what new rule is going to be passed or what new statistic, you know? It's it's terrible with the pandemic. Some things happen so quickly. Mm. Um, yeah. And dementia is like that as well. One, yes. one day she knows who you are, the next day exactly. who are you? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and so that's why you you know time is of the essence. So you got to get organized really really fast. And then, I'm going um, to tell you it's probably time for a commercial. All right. Well, thank you, Adrian. It is time <laughs> for a commercial break. So we will be right back. Please <laughs> don't you dare go away. Dave Nasani, the caregiver's caregiver has just released his sixth book entitled It's My Life Too, Thrive to Stay Alive as a Caregiver. It was specifically written for caregivers who know they should be putting their needs first, but just don't know how. Dave is the sole caregiver to his wife, Charlene, since 1996. He knows firsthand what caregivers are going through because he is one. He now speaks all across the country, offering caregivers his amazing caregiver support package. Even the airlines tell us that in the event of an emergency, to put your oxygen mask on first before you help your child with their mask. They know that those who don't heed their advice often black out, thus becoming unable to help either themselves or their child. And caregivers are exactly the same way. It's my life too. Thrive and stay alive as a caregiver will help caregivers who are neglecting their sleep, diet, and social life and learn to put their needs first Pick up your copy today 
or buy one for your special caregiver. On sale everywhere and at caregiverdave.com. And we're back with the Caregiver Dave Show. I'm Dave Nassani. live with my lovely co-host, Adrian Gruberg. Today we're talking about five tips for brand-new caregivers, what they should do when they are drafted into the army of caregiving. <laughs> and um, uh, there was something I wanted to say, but I forgot what, because, you know, see, I didn't write it down. And that's why, you know, I'm, I'm prone to interrupt, and I want to apologize in advance if, I, if it sounds like I'm interrupting you because I... I have something to say, and if I don't say it, I'm going to lose I'm the it. same way. Yeah, I know. So we're, we're a good team <laughs> for each other. So, um, they're the airspace. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, we can't think of what to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the things that I was uh, that was very important to me as a care as a caregiver. I don't know if this is one of your points. Both learning to to listen and learning how to communicate with the doctors and the people at the nurses station and the aides and to respect everybody and yeah. you will get you will you will catch more flies with honey with that you know absolutely that. but but learning to listen and and cuz you're you're being emotionally bombarded with your loved one's illness. Yeah, and, and the nurses are when too. The doctors start, go, so when you go to the doctor's office, have a list. Have the list of the questions that that you want to get answered um, because you're, you'll probably forget to ask them or mm -hmm. if not all of them, some of them. So I, I would say that was one of the most important things that I learned to do. Yes, I agree. And um, I just learned I put a post on Facebook. Hey, does anyone know anyone who personally has coronavirus? Because I didn't know anybody. And I'm, I'm here on the I news. Do. So there's so many. Yeah. And so to my amazement, uh, at least 75%, maybe 80% of my Facebook friends all personally know somebody who either has it or got over it or is dead. And I found out through this post, a cousin of mine in Florida says, yes, David, two of your cousins has it. And I says, oh, my God, I didn't know. I immediately got off there and got on the phone to, to speak to them. And one is a male nurse and uh, in Florida, in West Palm Beach, their emergency room at one point was just like a herd of yeah. people. And they, they, couldn't, they couldn't hold them off. And right. uh, someone actually vomited on my cousin, and so he he got the virus, and he was in ER for a, a couple of days, and then they sent him home wow. to recover. It was a mild case, and I don't know what makes a mild case and what makes uh, you know a, a not mild case, but was he ever on a ventilator? No, he never got that. Okay, bad. that's a mild case. <laughs> and so, of course, his wife got it when he went home. Uh, they had testing, and uh, they were tested positive. They both were tested positive. Then they were uh, feeling better. You know, they had, like, migraines and dry cough uh, that was just aggravating. Uh, they had no problem breathing or anything like that. Uh, certainly considered a, a mild case where That's... they didn't need that, that drug or anything. And so when they were feeling better, they both tested for, for negative. But then 
all of a sudden they and they tested for positive again and nothing really happened so they said if you have a negative it's not necessarily accurate but if you have a positive it is necessarily accurate so they want to get a couple of negatives in a row 24 hours apart before you're out of the woods and and they want him back to to work believe it or not uh, you know because now they have antibodies they they need the help they need them desperately yeah they need and them to, yeah. those particular hospitals are not uh, short of masks or garments or anything that you hear about on the TV, but they're they're kind of rationing them themselves. They have these policies. Well, only certain people get the masks, you know, and certain people don't. And I don't know. It sounds unfair that some people wouldn't get them, but because they've got a lot of them and they've got uh, a supplier who they can buy more from, but they're just kind of hoarding either the money or the items themselves, just, you know, the way a person would hoard a big money deal during now. a famine. Cost. You know? cost is mm. prohibitive now on things. And it, I yeah. really hate the people. Sanitizer's gotten like very expensive. Uh, $1 an ounce now, you know, that's, and there many places nothing. $2 an ounce. No, I mean, these, you know, my, the little tiny bottles that, that you get attached to your key ring. I mean, th- those things on online are out of stock, but they were going I, for sixteen dollars. Uh, well, see, for I two found ounces. some of those two-ounce bottles, a little tiny six. bottle like this. Um, mm-hmm. I paid two fifty for it. I'm selling them at the station, but um, you know, there's not much in it. I don't know how long it'll last, but uh, no, is it thin, like a spritzer? Well, if it has a spray on it, I would think it's it's thinner than a gel, wouldn't you? I, I haven't yeah, really used it, it yet because they're for the customer. Okay. We have our I own mean, stuff. I mean, I ended up getting stuff online. I have no idea yet, you know, if it's thick or thin. Yeah, you never know I'm what you're I'm still using get. the Purell that I have. And I asked people at the, at the drugstore. Um, they never I have said, it. surely you've gotten some <laughs> deliveries from Purell in the past month and um they they said as soon as we put it out there are people to take it we might put it out at seven in the morning and it's gone and there's even a one or two uh ration and it's still gone but toilet paper right. still off the shelves in my place no bleach can't really? buy bleach can't buy toilet paper can't buy towel papers and can't buy a sanitizer and can't buy lysine spray which i love <laughs> you know, I've got pine saw, but you can't really spray pine saw in the no, air. It kind of gets no. everywhere and and nasty. But it it is good for wiping countertops anyway. So I'm uh, cleaning the next everything tip. with Clorox spray. <laughs> yeah. I smell like bleach. But anyway, yes, on to another. Yeah. So point. the first one we said was improve your organization and time management skills. Second tip: learn about the health condition of your loved one. Third tip is the finances, and uh, con- consider impending financial implications because a lot of times, uh, all of a sudden, you know, like this pandemic, you don't have a job, and now what are you going to do? All of a sudden, all of the a sudden, the car payments, the yeah. house payments, the the electric and get and oil yeah. and gas and because maybe the loved one you're taking care of had a job and now they don't have any income. And now the mortgage payment is still due, and and so on. Now you got doctor bills, medical bills. Uh, maybe they don't have insurance. Maybe they're on Medicare, but uh, 
there's still um, you know a deductible, which isn't much, I guess, but there are just so many things that could happen. Um, just think about all the financial implications that you have to encounter when you become a caregiver. You know, try to find out whether you have uh, flexible working hours or you can work as a freelance because maybe it's your job that you're going to get fired from because now you're obsessed and absorbed with being a caregiver and your regular job, which can, uh, demands um, concentration and focus, and now you're off kilter. And now there's hey, even what's going if on? you're working from home and you're able to take care of the other person, yeah, you're gonna, you're you work be organized may suffer and not be yeah. distracted. Yep. And as as far as the financials go, you should make sure your name is on your signature oh, is yeah, on the important. checking accounts and Co that you have the bank. You put yourself on the savings accounts, whatever. Whatever kind of financial things, it's not just a matter of power of attorney. Yeah. But like, if you need, if you, I needed to go to my mother's safety deposit box, so yeah. my they needed my signature. Right. It wasn't enough for me to show up with a power of attorney. So. That's there right. There are a lot of financial things you have to consider. And you know, you as a caregiver may have to sacrifice your full-time job or fulfill. Uh, you know, other duties um, that just, you can't just do both, you know. You might have to get laid off or, or take a leave of absence or something. And now, you know, you have to consider your your uh, your housing arrangements. Maybe you need to get rid of your apartment and just move in with mom or whoever it is you're, you're taking care of and so that you're sharing expenses and you're just downsizing, you know. Maybe if you have a house, maybe maybe you should sell it. That you can use the money. I don't know. Every every situation is individual and different and unique. Right. Because you don't know how long you're going to be a caregiver. You know, I thought I was just going to be a caregiver for like six months, and then we're back on the road again. Uh, gosh, I'm so glad nobody told me back then that I would be still dealing with this 23 years later. Because I don't know what but I would have done. You've learned how. You've learned yeah. how to do it through your circumstances. Yeah, I had to. It's or you, you, you know, survival was, of the fittest. It was an evolution. It was a process. Evolution, yes. So the fourth tip: know about the available support, if any. Support groups oh, are so yes. so so important. And when I was a caregiver back back then, in those olden days, uh, you know, and I used to walk to the snow and, uh, uh, as a child, <laughs> and, you know. Five, Three miles 50, in the snow. No, it was 50, I think it was 50 miles I had to walk in the snow to the <laughs> to the school, as I recall. Anyway, back in the olden days, we didn't have the Internet, you know. We didn't have support groups that were online. We didn't have the caregiver space. And we didn't have caregiverdave.com. And we didn't have all those other places. But uh, we had to actually go to a hospital or to a library or to some other place and, you know, finding a good support group is like finding a, a husband or a wife. You know, it has to be a good match. You may have to visit to many right. of them before you realize, you know. We didn't like the first one we went to. It, a lot of old people. My wife was only 52. And the right. average age of a stroke is like 90, you know. So she, <laughs> no. she did not want to be around these old geezers. I um, don't blame her. 
because she was young at heart and and it just made her feel old and it made her feel oh my god is this what life has come to is this i'm hanging around all these all these people that have got one foot in the grave i'm being a little crass here forgive me but you know no, but she but the thing is she, it it had to be something that a place where she felt she would accomplish something and feel better about herself yeah. rather than watching 90-year-olds with one foot in the grave. <laughs> so we found because this group that was for young stroke survivors. And yeah. uh, to my amazement, about 15% of people who have a stroke are young. Some people are like 18, 20s, 30s, 40s, wow. 50s, uh, you know, which is still considered young. We saw a, a young mother there, a mother of three little babies, and she had a stem cell stroke, and she was paralyzed from the neck down. And I mean, just tragic, tragic things. You think wow, you have a bad a... you see some other people. And then we we had people in there whose spouse just left them while they were in the hospital, divorced them, filed the divorce papers. Right. I'm sorry. That happens. Didn't sign up for this. I've got my career to, you know, what about the... Uh, the vows they took, you know, for sickness and in health, better or for worse. You know, you know, well, there, you know, you know, I'm sure you know, more men leave than women when when it's a caregiving situation. You are one of yeah, those. That's true. Those cases where you stayed and toughed it out and learned and did everything you needed to do. But a lot of people, a lot of men, if they can't fix it, they run. <laughs> I got to tell you, during those two years, I thought about it an awful lot, you know, and I looked at my options and I says, I can't do this, I can't do this. I'm sure of it. But I couldn't, I couldn't not do it, you know. This, you know, my vows I took seriously and my faith I took seriously, but... You know, it just means you're human if you're considering it. So if you're considering it, don't feel guilty. Don't beat yourself up. It's normal. I'm telling you, I almost did. I wrote her a letter that was basically <laughs> saying, hey, I'm out of here. I can't handle this. Uh, you know, you're too much, and uh, uh, I'll support you, but, I, you know, I can't stay here. That's, oh, that's something else. That I want. If you write things down, yeah, keep, a, keep a journal and put all of your feelings, your real feelings, in in the journal so that no one's going to see it, no one's going to judge you, but you've, you've taken the, the weight of the world off your shoulders emotionally. You, you've, you've put your anger and, and frustration someplace. Um, it helped me. <laughs> Word is always good. Um, I think we're going to take another break because we were a little late on that. Oh, first okay. Break. So we are going to be right back. Don't you dare go away. We are a community of caregivers that understands and supports you wherever you are in your journey. We are a place to connect with other caregivers. But more importantly, a place to get practical, actionable help. There are lots of ways for you to get support. First of all, you can download our welcome pack. This will get you started on your Thrive journey. Next, you can ask and get answers to your questions by posting them 
here in our private Facebook groups. You can also get live online support by attending one of our live Weekly Connect webinars. You can get practical, actionable advice by listening to our weekly podcast. You can hear and read other stories about other caregivers' experiences. Plus, add your own in our weekly Share Your Story forum, posted every Tuesday in the Facebook group. You can access essential resources and download practical Thrive Solutions Packs, all of which are geared to help you thrive as a caregiver. You can get lifetime access to all of our resources. Again, we're here to support you and help you thrive and to enjoy your life as a caregiver. And remember, this is a place to get hope, not just cope. And we're back on the Caregiver Dave Show. I'm Dave Nassani, caregiverdave.com, and I'm with caregiver Adrian Gruberg at the Caregiver Space. Former caregiver, I should say. He's well, graduated. Well, I caregive caregivers <laughs> like, like you do. Yes, or now I she's care a caregiver give... to her caregiver, but and if, she's a caregiver if... to her dog, Chachi. Yes, Chachi. of course, Shotzi. But Shotzi, sorry. If if there's someone who needs me to go to the hospital with them or the doctor with them or whatever, stay with them. I mean, I'm still I still rise to the occasion as a caregiver. You know. Yeah. I do. So, you know, <laughs> caregiverdave.com has a welcome pack for, for the members that join our, our membership website. And here's just some of the things that, um, that you should consider. Uh, you may also want to think about uh, the following. There's like 10 of them. Create a system for organizing your meds, whether it's that round thing that I bought. It worked for a long time or on paper or something online or whatever. There's probably some apps you can get. Uh, number two, look for products online specifically for elders to make their lives simpler. And there were lots of uh, products online and in magazines um, that cater to these kinds of things. And yes. uh, little knickknacks and, and things that uh, made my wife easier. Now, my wife has this, uh, it's an iPad. There we go. Oh, the, the iPad. iPad. And so she's always stealing my pillow. When I'm asleep, because I fall asleep for her, she's stealing my pillow. Stealing, yes, I said it. Stealing my pillow, <laughs> shamelessly, to put under her uh, iPad. And so I found this this thing that uh, is very similar to what my microphone is on. This little thing here. Yeah. Uh, and and you connect it to the back of your bed, and you connect your iPad. You can put it anywhere you want. It doesn't even touch your body. And so we're just waiting for that come in, to come in so that I can get my pillow back. Number three, <laughs> prepare for every kind of emergency you can imagine, right? Uh, humans love to be negative and to imagine the worst. You know, Murphy's Law, if it's possible it can happen, it will happen. So you have permission just as one time to just imagine every kind of emergency that can happen and prepare for it, right? Expect Point. the best, prepare for the worst. Put put your emergency kit together and your yes. first aid kit. Yes. Like, you know, like in California, what they tell We in California have earthquakes. these all the time for earthquakes. And, yes. and uh, everybody should have one because you never know. And number, and number four, journal to keep your sanity. Adrian's a big proponent of journaling. She's a big journaler, and that's why one day she's going to write a book from all her journals uh, right. or her memoir or something. <laughs> 
and to remember things about your loved one because you know they're not going to be around forever hopefully unless you're a burned out caregiver then you'll probably die before them then your loved one should be making a journey a journal about you okay that's nothing to laugh at but it was funny. Uh, number five, keep a personal calendar to organize appointments for you and them. Now, maybe they have their own calendar. Always synchronize, you know. They might still be with it enough that they want their own calendar and they want their own money and they want their own whatever, you know. Sure. Um, and so, yeah, you've got a, their own checking account. It's like giving I them up say, the keys to the car. Oh, that's a t- touchy one. How do you take the keys away? Because they probably shouldn't be driving if they have a caregiver. (laughs) Number six, get rid of the clutter in your life. Oh my gosh, I'm so guilty of that. And in your surroundings. You know, I paid someone actually $200 to help me get rid of my clutter and it worked for a while and somehow the clutter just came back. I don't know where it came from, but I got to either call her up again because, right, we only do what costs us money and uh, it's like, okay, Dave, you didn't do it. Now we're going to pay another $200 to get rid of it. And I mean, this time, maybe you'll keep it away. Mm-hmm. Number seven, think about or think ahead to the future needs of your loved one, anticipating what they could be, right? You see them declining. So there's going to be a day, for example, that you know, you're going to have to get out of their house, their home, your home. Maybe it's their home. And think about getting them... Uh, qualified for Medicare, Medicaid, I'm sorry, which is, you know, goes further than Medicare. It's, it's basically May welfare. May have to sell the house. Because probably, of, yeah, uh, not necessarily. You're allowed a certain of... amount of equity. Yeah, but you mm-hmm. want to get rid of, get ready for that day right. when you're going to have to go and transition to a nursing home Protect where they're going to need 24-7 care and you can't give it or you will die. I guarantee that. And so now you've got the golden ticket, right? Remember Willy Wonka? The golden ticket, Medicare, Medicaid, anybody will take you. And it's free. Can you say free? Bernie Sanders loves that word. It's free. So that's what you want to do. And then there's this book. Let me grab it. (laughs) That floor is lower than I thought it was. And this is an amazing, amazing book. We're going to have her. I was trying to get her on the show today, but she wouldn't answer the phone. This is Essential Resource Guide, fourth edition, I might tell you. She just keeps getting fatter and fatter. It's an encyclopedia of how to get free stuff. Save time, save money, save your sanity. Dr. Camille Superson. This woman is amazing, and she's even pretty. Look at that, if you can see that. And so... Um, this should be in every home, and I, I'm always promoting her. And this, she has done so much research and continues to do it and continues to rewrite this book yeah. and update it. The government offices, the uh, local, county, state, federal, welfare, uh, the Veterans Administration, the Social Security, you name it, she will tell you how to get free money, free stuff, free food, and this should be in everybody's uh library and <laughs> it's so does heavy it makes have, a lot of noise does Instagram. that have charts in it so that you um, don't have to charge for what own? you know like a medication chart that you can fill in yourself does she well, have I know caregiver forms? dave has charts but let's see okay if she has yes go. i do see checklist for vital financial information yeah she's got there all that go. she's way ahead That's of me what... 
other programs in your area. Yeah, charts are just full of charts and graphs and diagrams and circles and arrows with a paragraph on the back of each one, just like Alice's Restaurant. It's Restaurant, yeah. <laughs> and you can get anything you want at Alice's Restaurant, excepting Alice. I've got the cookbook you want me to get. It. <laughs> <laughs> Number eight, while caregiving, look for creative ways to also have fun doing what you enjoy. And I think of Barry, Barry, uh, what's, his, what's his name? Sure. Barry Shore, thank you, I was going to say Barry Siegel. <laughs> Barry Shore, who, who joy, right? Stress kills, joy heals. And the way he says it, joy! You know, right. Barry knows how to have fun because he used to be paralyzed from his neck down. Now he can at least walk with the staff of Moses. He's amazing. But he is amazing. And uh, I, I have one of these. This is his, right, Adrian? Um Love thy neighbor, or is that yes. somebody else? I think that was somebody else, but I've got, I mean. Yeah. He's got a bunch of stuff, postcards and, and what have you. Yeah. <laughs> You're just on the show a couple of weeks ago. You can hear it on caregiverday.com yeah. or on any of those platforms that I mentioned in one breath in before. Every day, in life, every day. Say again? Right? Say it again? Seeing miracles in life every yes. day. Oh, the acronym for SMILE, yes. Yes. Number nine. So, yeah, you want to have fun. Go back to number eight here. Um, if I used to tell my daughter growing up, because uh, I spent a lot of time with her, and because I'm an entrepreneur, she spent a lot of time with me, I should say, while I'm working in my office and stuff. And, and so we would um, go and have fun. And, and a lot of fathers who have to go see their kids, and, and these are even divorced fathers, right, who see their kids more uh, on their visiting days after a divorce than when before they were divorced. They're, they're always looking for things to do. And I always say, you know what, if I can't have fun doing something with my 4-year-old, my 3-year-old, or my 5-year-old, or my 8-year-old, then, I, you know, I don't want to do it. I want ha I want us both to have fun. So I would think of things that we can both enjoy, because I'm a kid at heart. Go-kart riding, flying a kite at the beach, you know, camping on the beach, just all, you know, i got to have fun. But to see, you know, a dad taking their kids somewhere where the kid's having a ball and the, and the dad's, like, bored. Right. It's the same way with caregivers. You know, have fun with your... Um, with your loved one, don't just think that they're the only one who's supposed to have fun. You have to have fun too. It's you're just as important as they are. And if you don't love yourself, you can't love others. So start doing the self-care thing. Okay, put your oxygen mask on first. Number nine, plan for backup care in advance when you cannot be there. Now, what does that mean, Adrian? Well, <laughs> backup. Um. When you can't be there, maybe you get something comes up. When you up. can't be there, I mean, you, you should have a list of friends or relatives or if if you can't afford it, I know that there are community services. You'd have to get in touch with them beforehand. So when senior the time centers. came, senior they have centers. daycare for seniors, and, they're right? very, and they have a lot of fun there. <laughs> they have a lot of you know? fun there. They can be very Bingo. resistant about going. They got for the uh, first computer time. Wii machines, bowling. Oh yeah, a lot of a lot of seniors. I don't know how New York is, but a lot of seniors. And they have uh, and they have a lot of adult education. 
Um, yeah. It's not. Activities. It's not all fun and games. You know, sometimes it, they'll talk about poetry yeah. or they'll talk about and films. Sometimes or field trips too. Field trips, absolutely. Go to a museum. This is obviously mm-hmm. when things open up again. Um, all right. So number ten. I can't believe we're at number ten. We should have started at ten and worked our way down to one, like David Letterman does. <laughs> Uh, start a list of resources and phone numbers, meds, etc., for your backup person. Yeah, nothing like a backup list for somebody who's taking over your job, right? You had you learned it weeks and months and and maybe even years, and you have the ability of cloning yourself. Okay, uh, I got to go somewhere. I have a dentist appointment. Uh, I, I was eating and my crown came off, and now mm-hmm. you know I have this emergency. Can you come in? Well, I don't know what to do. Don't worry, I have a wonderful checklist of everything that you're supposed to do. And it basically, right? The Army does that, right? Everything is about lists. Yeah, and I mean, it, it, it takes us back to number one, which was make a list. Um, this is mm-hmm. update that list, put down things that you may have learned, and yep. have that ready for the person. Because it's, it's really the same thing that you got yourself together with at the beginning yep and it's amazing how fast an hour will go and we've run out of time (laughs) and i I think we did it and we didn't leave anything out so uh to everybody i want to thank you so much for tuning in tuning in week after week after week and um adrian thank you for showing up every week faithfully you've been doing it for over three years now i think and that that deserves (laughs) a medal so yeah uh, if I find if I find an appropriate medal, I'm going to mail it to you, and you can wear it. Uh, my medal's in the mail, right? <laughs> At least your mask was in the mail, and you got that. Yes, it uh, was. So, um, I, how do you like my background of Times Square, uh, just to make you feel at home, huh? <laughs> it's Chris Rock over here that keeps drawing my Chris attention, Rock. though. I know because he's a you know he's. We'll He's on the screen. There. There yeah, go. there you <laughs> go. Because <laughs> I'd never noticed that before. Well, that's because you never saw the full. It's a very, very full, wide picture. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, I'm right up there with Chris Rock. My mom said one day my name would be up in lights, and she was right. <laughs> and there it was. I don't think she expected it was on Times Square. Well, uh, anyone wants you, they can go to thecaregiverspace.org or adrian at thecaregiverspace.org. And everybody wants exactly. me, they can go to caregiverdave.com. And my website is caregiverdave.com. Coincidentally, just like my uh, my name, I'm a caregiver, I'm Dave. And that's it. Uh, we have three free gifts for anybody who goes there. Just click the uh, free download button. And we're a membership website. You join, you get some coaching from me, which is priceless. Dave's wisdom, Dave's hammock wisdom. All right. Well, we will see you next time. And be safe out there. Wash your hands, right? 20 seconds. And stay six feet away from people. And even if you're in one of the states, even if you're in one of the states like Georgia that's opening up this week, you know, it's okay to open up, but just continue sanitizing your hands, continue wearing the mask, continue social distancing, and then we can get our economy back going again. And we can have our cake and eat it, too. All right. God bless you, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again.
अब है 